0: Hello and welcome to the Mindful Chats podcast. I'm your host, Dara Therese, and on this podcast, I share my own personal stories and advice regarding mindset and mental health. I talk about what's benefited me over the years and my life, as well as talking to lots of wonderful people who want to share their own stories and talk about what has helped them on their journey. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Mindful Chats podcast. I'm really excited to say that we've got a really exciting guest today, actually. I'm so excited to talk to Kirsty. Kirsty is an alcohol-free life coach, so she helps teach others how to live without alcohol. She helps them transform their lives. Also the founder of Sober Buzz Scotland, and I will let Kirsty introduce herself and tell you all about what she's about. Um, I think this is going to be a great episode Hey.
1: Um yes, I'm Kirsty and I am sober. I think that's probably the big the main thing, isn't it? I'm five years and three months af it, as we say in Scotland. And um I wasn't always a life coach. <laughs> like I was definitely not always a life coach. Um once I got sober um, I completely changed my life and I retrained and became a transformational life coach and um, set up Sober Buzz Scotland about three years ago. And um, pre pandemic, that's really important because I was like awfully like, oh, we're all going to meet up and hang out and I'm going to do all these sober events. And then the pandemic hit and it was like, wow, ah! we all need to try and stay sober and stay alive. So Sober Buzz became slightly different during the pandemic, which was fine. It was a really supportive and safe space for people to come on and meet and chat and. I made some lifelong friends through that and yeah now I mostly support people either in sobriety or even just exploring what that means to live like hardly anybody's ever went four weeks without a drink you know so I try and help them get 12 weeks and then some people never want to drink again and I also work with people who stopped drinking and they're like okay now what I've got all this time and all this so my passion absolutely a hundred percent which The me of six years ago would be like who is she my passion is to allow others to explore and um see what living life without alcohol is like because when i used to i knew i had to stop drinking because i was an alcoholic and i thought my life would be over i thought that'll be it it'll be boring i'll never go out again and my life is richer and more colorful and more exciting than
0: it was in all the years that i drank so yeah that's me that is so inspiring and it's so good that you know you're doing this as well, because there are so many people out there that maybe see people uh, going sober, giving up alcohol, and it seems like a million miles away. Maybe they've tried it so many times and they've they failed time and time again, um, because it's definitely not an easy thing. And, you know, congratulations on getting to the point where you're at now. And also for using like, your struggle, you say that, you know, you were an alcoholic, your struggle to help other people, that is absolutely amazing, and I think that's, you know, it's such a powerful thing to do because sometimes we can let, you know, our struggles get on top of us, we can we can stay in that place, or we can say, you know what, that was a really bad time, but what I've learned, I can now use that to help someone else, and, you know, that's what you're doing, and I have to say that is amazing. Thank you so much. Um, when I stopped drinking, I... So I
1: talk a lot about online about all these wellness things that we can do and a lot of my work is about self-love because when I drank I, t- I talked quite openly about how I had no compassion or self-love, I shamed myself for years and years and you said there it's quite difficult to stop and just before we recorded, we started recording, I was saying that you don't have to be an alcoholic for it to be difficult to stop drinking but what I had to do in the very beginning, Dara, was I had to focus on the one thing that, that I had to do to stay alive I truly do believe that I was like so unwell or my behaviors were so risky I was doing a lot of drugs as well that I just had to focus on not drinking I had to focus on getting up in the morning and not drinking that day and then going to bed and then go so if you're starting out somebody's starting out whether they're in a place that I was in or whether they're just somebody who's like there's a, there's a term now called alcohol usage disorder which sort of encu- encompasses things like binge drinking and people who are maybe drinking every night of the week maybe just two or three glasses but they don't like it and they're not sure why they're still doing it and alcoholics kind of quite an old-fashioned and kind of it's a word I try and remove myself from because I think in people's head to think oh an alcoholic is somebody that's sitting maybe in a short doorway begging for money to drink or somebody who drinks first thing in the morning I never drank in the morning well, I did if I'd been up all night, but, you know, I was I st- I was still going to work. So I think it's really important that we say, you know, you, sometimes people are saying, oh, I'm not an alcoholic, so I, so I don't have to stop. If it's impacting your life negatively in any way, it's a really good idea to stop and have a look at, you know, why you're still doing it or why you're unable to stop doing it. So for me, I had to just focus on not drinking. And I've often said, I felt like it was head down to the first year, which makes it sound like it was easy. It wasn't, it was a daily battle in the beginning. And then maybe about six or seven months in. And I was like, oh my God, I'm doing it. Like, because it's not a destination either. Like, it's not like we're like, I'm going to get to that. It's like every day. I'm like, I'm sober today. I'm sober today. And six or seven months in, I was like, starting to notice that I had wellness I was like oh my god I'm doing gratitude and I am um, you know going out little little nature walks and like I hadn't really realized that I'd been bringing these into my life and then I started to work on my daily non-negotiables and you know so all these th- if people are looking at people that are sober like but they're doing everything how do I get to that focus on one thing they're not drinking and then allow the other little bits to come along you know and and stay busy or you know whatever sorry I'm rambling on but <laughs> um yeah, it's, it's it's not easy. I think that's what I was getting at, you know, but if you just focus on the one thing which initially has to be that you don't want to drink or you want to change your
0: relationship to alcohol and the rest does come, like all the fun things mm-hmm. does come along. Mm -hmm. you touched on so many great points there um especially what you were saying about the term alcoholic like it is such an old-fashioned term um you know I've had like I I believe towards the end of my drinking that I had a problem with drinking because I used it as a coping mechanism and also I was hiding bottles of wine in the black bin because I didn't want to put them in my recycling bin because everybody could see it when they walked past and I was like oh I'm quite ashamed of how many bottles uh, empty bottles are there and, like, you know, that was denial of me because I'm like, well, an alcoholic's, you know, somebody. like, And I would never say that I did get to, you know, that point. But it doesn't change the fact that you can have really, that you can have issues and problems with drinking. And, like, that label is, I think it is massively outdated now. And I think a lot more people are becoming aware of that. And, like, there's such a massive scale of how alcohol affects us and the problems it causes in our life, um, you know, that is a really, really good subject to touch upon, and I love how you said, like, at about six, seven months, she started noticing that you just felt better, and like, I think when people they see people, like, there was this joke I seen online, and it, like, people were sharing it all sober pages. It was like, why does everybody that goes sober like talk about climbing mountains and how great life is? And I was like, because it is, because it is great, like. You start to find this genuine joy for life, um, and that is a very, very real thing in sobriety. And I think you need to go without alcohol for a long time. Um, maybe not. Maybe you'll find it straight away. Everybody's different, but it is. It is something that you can't quite explain to someone unless they have given it a go. Um, so that is. That's obviously like your aim is to give people like a wee taste of it and let them find that out for themselves. Yeah.
1: And when you said you like you were hiding, like you you didn't want to put your bottles in your um, recycling, one of the exercises I do with most of my clients is a values exercise, and people will say that one of their core values, and then me included, right, it's honesty. I am an honest person when I drank I wasn't honest not just to myself but to other people so like when we're hiding things and sneaking things away or the lies that we tell oh I'm not going to drink tonight or you know I didn't drink last night I didn't have that much and it just erodes away at who we are as a person like our core essence of what we want to do and I do believe that the hangovers or the anxiety or the fear often comes from us not behaving in alignment with our core values and, and what we truly believe in and what we truly um aspire to be so um i was laughing when you were saying about the balls because I, I used to do the same like i'd be like or put them in my neighbor's like I used to tip them out and put them in my neighbor's bottle or or like hide them under the sink until i could do them on on, on the next one but yeah to allow people to have that joy about about not drinking, so my joy when I drank, or I, what I perceived to be my joy, was, you know, planning the weekend. But I was drinking Monday to Friday anyway, and then, you know, all excited about the night out, and then not remembering it, and then three days worth of fear, and just drinking on top of that. Whereas now, with my clients, it's quite often by week three or four, and they're like, "Holy shit, I have so much time." Not just like our greatest, our our most precious thing is time because we can't get it back, you know, and. People are saying, all of a sudden, they're like, oh, my God, it's like I've got an extra day at the weekend. Or um, or, or people will say it's the headspace. They're not going, should I drink tonight? Well, I have white wine tonight. Maybe if I drink water in between. Maybe if I stick to gin. And it's like it frees up all this space and time. And people can start to. Because what I say to my clients is there's no point just focusing on not drinking, right? We have to then focus on what do we bring into that space. So it might be journaling. It might be paying attention to where we talk about ourselves. It might be planning things. the mornings of the weekend so we're starting to really see oh hold on when I stopped doing this one thing that I have been thinking about stopping doing for years because most people that come at me are like I've known for a while this is not good when I stopped doing this one thing that actually I'm not enjoying I it opens up this space to do so much more now that doesn't happen do you know what Dara I've never climbed a fucking mountain (laughs) which is probably the only Scottish sober person in Scotland but I get in the sea like I'm a sea swimmer so I suppose that but it doesn't have to be stuff like that. It might be one of my clients redecorated her whole house and she was buzzing. She was like, I've been meaning to do this for years and my house is nice. So, and the joy comes from realizing that you're taking back control and the joy comes from realizing that actually you had the power all all along. And actually you're not finding out, you're not becoming a new person. You're remembering who you were before you were crippled with hangovers. So it is so joyful. Like it just, for me, I'm doing the best job ever. And, even at five years, three months, I'm still over the moon with my sobriety.
0: I actually feel emotional here, and you're talking about that because it's, I think, when you've been through the same thing, I think it, it. you just spoke to my soul then, like, especially when you said about finding out who you were before you drank, and especially if you've drank for a really long time. You know, I drank since I was 15, and I, I don't think I ever knew who I was. Um, and I, even like in the past few years, I still felt so lost. Um, and I think only whenever I gave up alcohol was I really able to be like what do I actually enjoy what actually makes me happy and that's not to say before that no alcohol was the main joy in my life it wasn't it just it just kind of numbs you to so many things and you're not aware of it until you cut it out and like that is just so incredibly powerful and I want to ask a bit of a, like a personal question for you. Um, and that is, you know, was was there a point for you whenever you knew that you were like, like what changed for you in your drinking where you were like, right, it's no or never. I need to give this up. Like, if you want to talk about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. So I was 41 when I stopped, but I knew when I was 27, I had to make a change. So that was 14 years that I, and what happened when I was 27 was I became a single mum. Um, my daughter was one when I was twenty-seven, but I went on for fourteen years drinking and taking drug, recreational drugs. And um, in my mid-thirties, and this is quite well documented. I don't mean talking about it. My mum died really suddenly, and I was close to my mum. As, as, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of us are, or a lot of people are. And after that, I had no coping mechanisms. I had never been taught. We weren't a family that spoke about our feelings. We weren't a family that um, hugged and you know sat around. And all of a sudden, I had all these responsibilities, and I just drank, 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 drank. But when I stopped at 41, people always want to know, well, oh, God, what was the rock bottom? You know, what happened? That morning wasn't any worse than... It was bad, but there was far worse things that happened. And, um, you know, I don't want to make anybody nervous, but I, I am a, quite a spiritual person now. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about, like, you know, spirituality. And spirituality, to me, Dara, is when something sings to my soul, when I feel like I'm soul-connected, when I feel like I'm in alignment with things I can't quite, un, quite you know... It, explain and on that morning i got on my knees and i'm like i actually got on my knees and said i can't do this anymore i can't do it anymore and my friends came round, and took all the drink out of my house and all the drug paraphernalia and everything everything went away and i don't know if i spoke to my mum because my mum had passed away i don't know if i spoke to i don't know if i'd finally spoke to my own soul i don't know what happened that day because i woke up most mornings thinking i never want to drink again but i i just i i didn't drink again now I have to say I I signed myself into a crisis centre that day because I I was so unwell um, and I got some support through Smart Recovery, which I only done for a a very short time. And I just somehow knew that there had to be a a massive change at that point. And I mean, it wasn't any different from like My mum died when I was 33, so my drinking from 33 to 41 was massively problematic. Um, But the one thing that I say that I did shift almost immediately... Well, I started a gratitude practice right away, but I thought, what am I craving? What do I really, really need? And I needed love, like like absolutely. And still to this day, I need love. And I give myself love. And I was unable to see the people that did love me because I hated myself so much. I used to stand in the shower and say out loud, affirming out loud, I hate myself. I hate myself. I'm the worst person. You know, I'd shiver. You know, that thing where you shudder and you say stuff and i say, I'm fucking useless. I can't do this. I can't do this so I started to think how did I want loved and what you said there about going you know drinking at 15 I was 14 when I first drank and I got my stomach pumped the first time I drank right so that should have maybe been my rock bottom but anyway I carried on and I read loads of books and I started to work out that to love myself I had to treat myself the way I wanted to be treated so that doesn't mean like oh I'm the best that was you need an early night you need to drink more water you need to make some soup and have some wholesome food you need to fill your tummy up you need to say no to plans. You need to remind yourself that you're worthy. I've got pictures all around my house of me as a little girl and my daughter, mostly because I love them because my mum's in them. But um, I started to hold a picture on my phone and talk to little me in a nice way because I sometimes struggle to look at myself in the mirror. I got to a point where every single morning I hugged myself and told me that I love myself. Now that was hard And if anybody's listening to this and think, I can't do that, start off by saying to yourself, I'm going to care for you today because that's how I started. I am going to care for you today. And I think that's what made the change because every other time I tried to stop drinking, I was saying to myself, you're a fucking idiot. You've done it again. You're in such a mess. This is terrible. You're the worst person. You're a terrible mum. But when I started to treat myself with compassion and kindness that I gave other people, my daughter, my family, my friend, I saw a massive, a radical shift and how I, I saw myself and I started to realize that I didn't need a drink. What I needed was time out, space, fresh air, water. Um I needed compassion. I needed I just I, I needed to treat myself like I would have treated, you know, somebody that I loved. And that I think that was the massive, massive difference for me. And and I tried AA and and when I was younger and um, nothing against a I've got people that I love that do a and and you know and it works for them, but I just had to keep my head down and keep you know looking after myself like I was a little bit like I was a child almost you know at forty one and today my self love practice is is one of my non negotiables I have to make sure that I'm looking after myself like like I would a small
0: person that is again so so powerful i I think like that's a massive thing in sobriety as well like it's so much more than just not drinking it is learning to love and and care for yourself and you know it is just a massive act of self-love and self-care and you know recognizing why you're drinking why am I drinking what what is this really about um and like I think a lot of people that drink could probably relate to that as well you know and that's that's what's makes a lot of people want to stop when they when they realize why they're drinking like I know that's what it was for me it was like that shift and then every time I craved a drink I'm like why and then delving into that and looking at that and you know what you said about you being a wee girl as well That that is so beautiful and I think it's so important for people to realize that just because we're older we're we're still the same person you know why do you deserve to be treated any differently as an adult Um, treating yourself like a small child would caring for yourself loving yourself like you would your own child um, is such a radical act of self-love and self-care and I absolutely absolutely love that after you gave up drinking and stuff like like after you had gone on that journey what was the point where you were like right now I it's time to like teach other people this as well
1: Unbelievably, Dara, on um when I was a year and a half sober, I won a competition on Instagram to go to Thailand to a wellness retreat. So um me and my friend flew there. We thought it was going to be a hoax, but it wasn't. It was the best holiday I've had in my life. And I met a life coach for the first time. I had no idea what a life coach did. Um in my corporate role and the job that I did when I was drinking. Um, and when I got sober, I coached people, um, but in a in a work environment to be managers or to be um salespeople. Um, and when I met my life coach in Thailand, I told her all about my sobriety, how how I made how I got myself sober, how I'd changed my life, and she's still a friend of mine now, Sam. And Sam said, you know, you need to do something with this. And I said to her at the time, Oh, I will do nothing about my sobriety. That's very private to me. And now I'm all over social media talking about my, my sobriety. So um <laughs> when I got sober and we touched on this before we came to record um, I started to notice that I was much more in tune with spirituality and I was much more able to focus on goals and bring them to me now some people call that manifesting and I don't want it to be like oh I just wished for something and it happened I was clear on my goals I was clear on what I had to do to get them and I also put a little bit of luck into the, the universe like okay I need some help so when I came back from Thailand, I looked up life coaching courses and I couldn't afford them because the one I had done cost me £6,000. I've got, I've got a diploma um, and I worked really hard, you know, thinking I have to try, this will work somehow. And I was very lucky that I got voluntary redundancy out of the blue from my work. So I was able to afford to do my life coaching course, which, t- which took me about a year. And in that time, I worked in a prison supporting offenders in recovery, which was completely different from anything that I've ever done before. So, like, I left this corporate, safe corporate role, and I went into work in the prisons, and um, and I'd done my, my my course. And at that time, I was running SoberBuzz. SoberBuzz was, like, meant to be a microblog and a, a place for us to make events and to meet up with people. And as I said, obviously, then, then COVID hit, Um and even when I was co- when I was training, I was like, "I'm not doing anything with sobriety." And all the people who were training me were like, "You have to do something about sobriety because like you speak so passionately about it." And um, that's how it came about. And like, I honestly, I am pinching myself now because I, I can't, I can't believe that this is my life. I can't believe that this is what I get to do for a living. And um, like, it's so far fetched from whatever I ever imagined that that I would be doing. Um, so yeah, I ended up starting coaching, and then people started getting in touch with me to say. I'd like to work with you and I'd like to to look at my relationship with alcohol and I've kind of become that now which is like a sober mentor or a sober life coach um and I love it like it's just been the wildest journey and um I do events like you touched on I do public speaking I do motivational speaking um I get to do this stuff, like podcasts, like it's just, it just feels wild and I'm so grateful every day for being able to do it, Um, but it's definitely not what I imagined, that I, even when I got sober, it's not what I imagined that I would be doing, but I love it and I was so lucky to train with a coaching academy that I trained with, they're accredited with the International Coaching Federation, a lot of a lot of, um, um, coaching, um, qualifications aren't accredited so I knew I wanted to do an accredited one so to be able to get that redundancy and be able to afford it was just like a dream come true it's just been one thing after the other so I feel very lucky.
0: That was definitely a manifestation. I like. I totally believe in in all things manifestation. And like, I know what you mean. I think a lot of people that maybe don't really understand manifestation that well. I think it's like a witchy woo term for oh, I just. I wish I had a million pound, and there it is. You know, it's it's not that like clearly you taking those steps in your life. It started like that. That redundancy and stuff like that. Like that's insane. Like that doesn't just happen. Um you know that was that was obviously meant to be and it was it was all guiding you down that path of your true purpose and you know like I said before like your struggle with alcohol like if you look at that night and where you're like if you look at that night and you look back and you look at where you are now like that's something to be so incredibly proud of um and of course you wouldn't have believed it ages ago you know this is obviously so different from what you ever imagined but you know you should be so proud of, of what you've achieved. And, uh, you know, are there are there any things that maybe come up quite a lot for people whenever they come to you um, on their alcohol journeys? Uh, like, what would you say is, like, one of the most common things that is a massive barrier for people? Yeah, immediately, um, what are their friends going to think?
1: What's my family going to think? What are people going to think about me? And I always wish that I could just get everybody in the one room that comes to me and say, look, everybody feels the same. Like, you know, because... What I've noticed, Dara, I don't know if you've noticed this, but what I've noticed and my friends have noticed and my clients have noticed is that once one person stops drinking, other people start like, oh, maybe I'll give that a go or maybe I want to. So one of my closest friends in the world um, who I go clubbing with and go to gigs with, um, she stopped drinking after I stopped drinking. She was like, oh my God, Like it looks like you, you're having a far better time. Um, so most people are really concerned about what other people are going to think. And I've got a, I've got a few... Um, beliefs around that, and I think one of them is because we've worried about it for so long. You know, we've been thinking about it for so long. I've got a problem. I'm so bad. I've missed the kids' football. I've missed my work. You know, we're we're, we're playing it over and playing it over and playing it over. So we assume that everybody's going to think that we're really bad as well. So, oh my god, I stopped drinking. I wonder what's with. And there are there is people that say that, like they're you know still occasionally people are like to me, oh my god, what happened? You know, and it's like, well, I don't know you, so you don't get to know. But that's something I tell my clients is when you stop drinking, work out of. Because you'll have it in your head, oh my God, imagine the kids at school's mum asked me or whatever. So work it out in your head who you're worried about is going to ask you why you've stopped and decide who gets to know what. Like, I always say that, you know, what my best friend gets to know about me is completely different from somebody that's just been a little bit nosy or, um, you know, so if somebody says, oh, why are you not drinking? And it's not somebody you don't know very well, you can just be like, oh, I'm just doing a bit of a health kick. I'm just looking after myself, you know? um that seems to be a big barrier or like what my family say or and you know and you can eventually maybe say to them you know I've not this is a great tip actually if 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 you can keep your head down right for two or three weeks and just you know go to things absolutely but just you know don't hang around too long or make different plans and if somebody says to you after three or four weeks why are you not drinking I promise you you'll be like listen I've not had a drink for four weeks and I feel fucking incredible like this is a great thing in the beginning when I say to people why don't you want to drink they tell me all the negative things that have happened, all the behaviours that they're not proud of, all all the damaging things that are going on in their life, you know, they don't feel great, they're not sleeping well, they're spending too much money. When I check in with them again at week three, four, five, six, and I say, so why don't you want to drink? They're like, oh my God, because I feel amazing. I've got more time. My skin's fresh. My eyes are white. I'm actually going to the gym. You know, I'm, I'm eating a lot better. I'm reading books that have been lying on my bedside table forever. So if you can just give space, like a, it's like everything, you know, pause and take a breath and have a bit of space between things. If you can take space between you stopping drinking and telling people, I promise you, what you're going to be telling them is very different from that fear that you've got in the beginning. Oh, my God. Everybody's going to think, am a... One of my clients was amazing, amazing. She talks about her, her sobriety journey online. And she said, somebody said to her, oh, I didn't they know you were a raging alky. Like, what much did you say that to someone? But not many people are going to say that to you. But if they do, just laugh and just be like, oh, God, I'm just making it," you know, conscious choice um a conscious health choice and if you feel like you're the only person who's doing sobriety you're the only person that's doing this look up hashtags on instagram like sober curious insta sober sober community sober scotland sober ireland sober and you will start to have your feed filled with other individuals like me and like dara and who have decided that they want to do something different now you don't have to be an alcoholic like me to stop drinking it's optional like it is not compulsory to drink there's a hashtag at the moment that my friend alan i do a bit work with my mate alan and it's scotland is rising and lots of people use that hashtag to, because what's happening and we're finding is and my dad's irish dara okay so like i feel i can see this about ireland as well It's we're shaking off that old stereotype that you know in scotland and ireland we have to get pitched for every single occasion so look out your people now, you might not know them at the moment, but go to go to events, go to sober meetups, sober walks, join pages like mine. I share other people's events as well. There's an amazing girl up north, Cara. She does um, events in the northeast. Um, there's events down. There's the, the dry app. They, they share events. You will find these people. Yeah, it's nerve wracking. But... You're going to meet people who are on the same way, same wavelength as you. So yeah, you might have people who are like, "Why are you not drinking?" But if you start looking another way, you're going to have people that are like, "Oh my God, you're amazing for for doing this and and for trying this." Maybe A's for you. Maybe Smart Recovery. Maybe it's just you know joining pages like ours, Dara, and being encouraged to do stuff. Um, but don't feel alone and don't feel ashamed by your behaviours because my goodness, everybody's got something that they're ashamed about. Shame does not change you. You can shame yourself till the cows come home. But if you say to yourself, I'm not going to behave like that again, I want to do something slightly different, you're going to feel much better than being like, my God, I made a tit myself again.
0: That is so true. Like you touched on so many good points there. Like it's funny you're saying, like you feel like an absolute weirdo. I remember like the first video I posted on Instagram. I think it was like I was 30 days sober. It was a reel. And I remember shiting myself being like everybody's gonna (laughs) think that I am like up myself they're gonna be like I good one very good and I'm like now I post about sobriety like every single day because like like attracts like whenever you like at the start this is like such an interesting topic because whenever I like I had a wee stamp of sobriety and then I went sober like again a few months later after realizing like balance is load of crap <laughs> um and I went completely sober and I was like nah I'm firm in it I'm stuck into it and like my partner went through an experience you know with his friends because they were still doing the same thing and I felt a bit pulled back and forth but I was like stick to your guns stick with what you feel is right for you and I promise you that you will attract more of the same and now he's telling me that his friends have started messaging him and being like do you want to just go out for dinner mate or like a guy walked on to his building site that he has not seen since he was a kid he was one of his best friends when he was younger and he was like oh my god I haven't seen you in ages by the way I'm not really into getting on it anymore but I would love to go for dinner with you and I was like wow, like, like attracts, like, and you also touched on the fact that, like, that you don't have to have a rock bottom, and you touched on this before as well, like, whenever you said you decided to give up drinking, it was, like, that spiritual moment for you, where you just kind of were, like, "Nope, this is it, like, a lot of people say it wasn't one rock bottom, it was lots of little rock bottoms that just added up and one day you just kind of get sick of yourself and that was what happened to me. I just, I like, whenever I, like the last day I started drinking, I was like, I'm just sick of myself, I'm sick of my excuses and I'm sick of drinking, I'm sick of feeling this way and I just don't want to do it to myself anymore and I just stopped. And like that, that can be the case for so many people. And they are scared of that judgment, but you don't have to be, you know, at your lowest point to make a change in your life. And if it makes you feel better, people that really matter, people that truly care about you will support that and you will attract more of the same. Yeah,
1: definitely. And I think people like yourself, Dara, and all the other amazing pages that are talking openly about living alcohol free. And there's a really famous quote and it says um and i'm talking about me now because i was in recovery we recover out loud so people don't have to die in in silence but people like yourself who are saying this is great it's a great lifestyle choice for me this i feel much better and 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 i you know i see you talking about how it's helping your mental health and stuff the more people that talk out about not drinking it allows those who are terrified to come out into the open and say well i'm doing that too when we have something in shame when we are hiding something when we are treating it like we're we're, we're embarrassed or disgusted it's festering away in the dark right it's festering away festering away but because we're bringing it out into the open and saying yeah that happened and actually I don't like what happens when I drink so what I'm doing is I'm doing this and it's over here in the sunshine right that allows other people to go okay right actually maybe I want to give that a try maybe you know maybe I don't need to be the person in the shop doorway or the person who's waking up and putting vodka into their water bottle and these people are as valid as mdl's and we're there to support them and love them too they're not less of a person but if people are at home and they're thinking i don't want to drink wine anymore i don't want to go to another play date where we've got wine or i don't want to go and sit with my family again and get pissed it's okay to say listen i'm going to do things differently i don't want to do that anymore because if it's impacting you in any way whatsoever, like your mental health or your the way you feel about yourself, you're, you know, you're so empowered to be able to say, I just don't want to do this anymore. And that's why people like yourself talking about it so openly um, and others are doing such a massive, massive. Thing. When I started, when I got sober, there was hardly anything. I used a page in New Zealand, Mrs. D, um, Mrs. D Goes Sober, I think it's called, and she still does an amazing group. And I used to type to these ki- kiwis. I'm five days sober, six days sober, and they were cheering me on. And back then, five years, three months ago, there wasn't this amazing sober community that there is now. And, you know, look into that and and start an anonymous page. If you're nervous about saying, you know, like you said, you've done 30 days and you're like, oh, my God, like be anonymous. You know, like you and I are used to talking on camera, but do an anonymous page without your picture and start using those hashtags and start following accounts like mine and Dara's and start saying and message them and say, or under a post and say, Oh, I'm four weeks, or I'm five weeks, you will be supported like no other because it's such a beautiful community. Um yet yeah, do it like if, if if you're thinking, oh my gosh, I think I want to give sobriety a go, you're going to lose nothing giving it a shot. Like nothing at all. You're just you're you're just out for to win, really.
0: This I definitely, I definitely think as well. Like being online, they do have so much support. Like this obviously it obviously be a lot harder for people that maybe aren't as, as present online but it is worth giving it a shot like as you say anonymously if you're not somebody that really you know does that whole social media thing it doesn't even need to be you know a social media app I'm sure there's loads of websites loads of information out there maybe like you know diff- there's loads of different communities it's just finding what works for you Um, and realizing like there's so many people that Feel the same way. Like I remember being sober, curious, and like way before I give up drinking. I was listening to sobriety podcasts and being like, "Oh my god, it's not just me. It's not just me that feels this shit." And like laughing because people were talking about being at house parties at five in the morning and chatting nonsense. And I'm like, "Oh my god, everybody does the same thing, and everybody hates themselves for it." Um, you know, your your case is not unique, and I think like I I mean that in the nicest way. It's like if you have a terrible experience with alcohol or alcohol affects you negatively, I think realizing that you're not the problem, it's like, and I convinced myself yeah. of that for ages. I was like, ah, oh, it's me that's the problem. Why why am I like this? way drink, like, and then I really, I was like, it's not just me. Like this, so many people feel the same way. Uh, and that's so, so powerful to realize that as well. And along with podcasts, there's some great, Quitlet books
1: and um, the unexpected joy being sober really allowed me to see that actually that women who were successful had alcohol problems and that's it me. Mm-hmm. i really um firmly associated myself with Catherine green in that book because i was doing well in my work but i was living this almost double life Quit like a woman holly whittaker alcohol explained william porter and um, oh my gosh i could go on if anybody wants to know any more of them they can they can get in touch but familiarising yourself with that stuff and as you say, realising, oh God, it's not just me. You actually feel so relieved, don't you? You're like, thank fuck, it's not, I'm not the only person that's, that's, that's feeling this way. Um, when I ran, the last event I ran, in, yeah, the last one i done in Glasgow, the majority of women came on their own. Like, they, they messaged me like, I'm so nervous. And by the end of it, they were all sharing Instagram pages. They were all meeting up. And I was like, this is just so amazing. Because um, it just feels like so, so supportive once they get going because... You know, we do, as humans, we do bond over our vulnerabilities and our difficulties, and, you know, we, we want to support each other. You know, it comes quite naturally, particularly for women. There's amazing men's groups out there, but, you know, women have this empathetic, empathetic way where we can be like, oh, my goodness, yeah, me too. Let, you're not that bad. Let me support you. And, like, the love that I've felt, the friends that I've made, I've, I've made friends that I love with all my heart since I got sober, and I thought I would end up with no friends. I've got friends now that will be mm-hmm. with me till... The day I don't, you know, they're like sisters and, and brothers to me now. Some of these people. So the fear, you know, a lot of people. Are, the other thing a lot of people are scared of is, oh my god, I'm going to end up really lonely. And I, and I get that, you know. And I joke, I used to say, oh, I used to think I'd never really go to a bar again in case I jumped over and like drunk the gin at the optic. You know, it's not like that. I go to the pub. <laughs> I go to restaurants. I go clubbing. I go to I go to concerts. I go to gigs. I go. To, I do all this stuff, and it's no longer in this grey sort of you know, ugh, dull, horrible way. It's like bright technicolor and and, and and enjoying it. And sometimes it's with friends I've had all my life, but other times it's with beautiful people
0: that I've met because I am sober. I think, like, I I actually talked about this recently too, because I think it's, it's such a common fear for people is losing friends in, in sobriety. And, like, I talked about this quite recently and I was saying, like, you might lose some friends, you might lose some connections, but the connections that you make through sobriety are so real, so genuine. Like every single friendship I have now is real and genuine. And, you know, you can go on a night out and you can make a million drunk friends and make promises to go and do this and that. But, you know, I find whenever I used to do that, I would wake up hungover the next day and I would still feel really lonely. I would feel like I was craving connection. And I think maybe making those connections and then ne- them never actually happening made me feel a hundred times more lonely because I was like, they wanted to do something with me and now you're like, they're like making excuses or this or that. And it made me feel so rejected or, you know, you'd be like, oh my God, I don't even really know them that much. I can't believe I did that because, you know, real friendships, some people click straight away and they get on straight away, but... True, genuine, real connections take time. They take getting to know one another. And, you know, that's the difference between sober relationships and, you know, drunk friendships that are formed in nights out. You know, the connections now are, are so much more sincere and your relationships improve so much. Like, all of my relationships are so much more sincere. Now, when I say something, I, I mean it. You're, you're more reliable. You know, there, it, it affects all your relationships positively in my opinion there's a really famous ted talk by johan harry
1: and they say the opposite of addiction is connection and you know we're so disconnected when we're either you know in, in active addiction or we're we're, we're drinking and, and we're not in, enjoying that and i think that's a, a really good point to make because another another thing as well is if you look back on your life like god i'm the grand old age of 46 i've lost a lot of friends just by, because that's what happens. I changed job, I moved house, I moved country. We do lose friends throughout our life. We have friends for a season, a reason, and a lifetime. But because we think, oh my God, it's because I'm stopping drinking, people, it it feels worse, it feels like it could be more difficult. And you will, absolutely, there will be friendships that will drift off because they were only there because you like getting on it or, you know, doing drugs with them or, you know, going clubbing with them and and, and getting mangled at an after party. But that just makes way for your people, you know, and... Mm -hmm you know that thing we were talking about about finding out who you used to be find out who you're meant to be sorry right when you allow yourself to be the person you're meant to be so for me it would be like a woman that likes to get in the sea and does our tarot cards and you know goes to see live music my friends are women that like to go in the sea do their tarot cards and go see live music you know it's like th- that's brought that to me like that, that that's what's it's not that I went out there shouting for them it's like that's who that's who I've made space for because there's not I don't have space I don't want to be you know sitting in somebody's gaff at five o'clock in the morning and 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 still getting on it and you know it will happen I I, this is one of those things you just have to trust us don't you Dara it does happen you will make these friends like I can't I can't Mm -hmm. explain it but like every one of my clients is like oh my god I've made all these friends I mean you know I've been speaking to these people or
0: Mm, you need to put that energy out there you need to truly believe it i think if you like this comes down to manifestation and mindset as well if you've got this yeah. thing in the back of your head that oh but i have to behave the same way do you, like be be friends with these people if if you are just so set on being the, you know making yourself as happy as you can possibly be sticking to your sobriety like it will happen. It might take longer for some people. You might be in a wee bit of an in-between stage. You know, you might feel a wee bit lonely, but just trust that you will attract like-minded people. It does happen. And what I actually did, um, because I moved somewhere that I didn't really know any- anyone, I actually downloaded Bumble BFF. Yeah. um. And on Bumble BFF, like Bumble's a dating app, and you can yeah. select it so you can find people near you. And I like find people that were sober, people that had things in common with me, and that was really scary. And I felt like a complete shadow because I was like, oh my god, I'm like, I'm looking for friends online, and I've I, I met one of like my best friends, and now we're super close we do really nice things together you know we, we, we don't go drinking together we go to the gym together we go walks together we go for coffee and cake and you know i i was able to find that and you can't have that option but trust that those people are out there um i think you just get so stuck in your own bubble it's hard to see that sometimes yeah it's one of those trust the
1: universe things because you know you've said a lot about mindset a huge part of my job is helping people. You know you change stuck mindsets or fixed mindsets or quite often we're carrying the beliefs of others around with us whether that's parents caregivers partners -partners, ex-partners well you know whatever so a language that we use a lot and this this always happens to me this never happens to me that you know i'll never meet anybody and i always meet the wrong people and you know when we're putting that out there all the time we're, we're telling ourselves that's the truth anyway we're saying well like me saying i'm an awful person i'm an awful person i hate myself but if you start to change that to, I am open to meeting new friends. I am open to to experiencing, um, to try new experiences. So already you're like, okay, so I might go somewhere different. I might do something different. But if you sit at home and like, I'm never going to meet anybody. Nobody's going to want to be my friend because I don't drink. You know, you're going to you're going to convince yourself you're not leaving the house and you're never going to meet MDL. else. So it's all that positive mindset shift. And that for me is like manifesting. That for me is when mm-hmm. I start speaking it out into, you know, if I can, I was saying this today, actually, if I can visualize it, if I can feel it, I've got a chance that it's going
0: to happen, and that's kind of how I work live my life now. You know, mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. And like, can we can we talk about the fact that as well? Whenever you go sober, it's such an ironic thing. It's you drink daily like be more confident, but I am so much more confident now that I'm sober. You probably experienced that yourself. You definitely, you definitely have. If I can tell. It's <laughs> a great point, and I think it's because we're being our,
1: our authentic selves. I think it's because we're you know we're finally channeling who we're meant to be and and you know it's like raising your vibration and that, that once again sounds really woo but that's what's happening. We're not in that dull, you know, um held down and um you are muted. That's how I felt I felt muted and scared to speak up. And the reason I wasn't confident when I drank, I thought, oh my God, somebody might tell me I was really drunk last week or I'd done X, Y, and Z and um for the men that I work with, quite often with them, they think they're going to lose their confidence when they stop drinking. But then they realise, actually, they can take up more space. They can be who they're meant to be. They can say no to things. And, um, and yeah, we think we're having that first drink. And then we're crippled with anxiety because, oh, my God, what did I say? Because I don't remember anything that, that's happened. And um, going back to, like, remembering who you used to be, before I drank at 14 and 15, I was always, like... I'm sure it's not hard to believe, but I was always the narrator in the school plays. I was always the one that stuck up for everybody. Like, I remember having, like, I remember, like, having um, go to the school head teacher and protesting because, you know, something has happened to somebody. So I've always had this in me. You know, I've always been somebody that wants to do the right thing. And, but when I drank, I was just loud and annoying and then mortified by my behaviour. So, yeah, I think coming back to this confident person who, is comfortable in their skin and, and and is comfortable to say I'm here to speak up for those that maybe feel they can't and that's probably why I do sober buzz because I thought no I, I can't have everybody thinking this is shit I want people to know that this is great and you know I, I do volunteer work and, and I, I work with people who are far far less fortunate than I am and I love giving them a voice you know and I would never have done this if I was drinking you know never ever so I feel confident enough to do that um. Like even doing this, like I was, on the t- I was on live telly in December. And do you know what I kept thinking? I kept thinking, when I was waiting to go live, I kept thinking, oh my God, imagine I'd had a drink before this. Like, like I kept thinking that, because like, it was that fear. But, and everyone was like, oh my gosh, you seemed the natural, you seem so confident. But I am comfortable and confident because I know what I'm doing with my life. I know where I've been. I know what I've done last night. I know what I've done last weekend. When you don't, when you don't remember that, that knocks your fucking confidence, something terrible or even lying to yourself or telling yourself one thing I'm not going to drink this weekend I'm not going to drink this weekend then you do and you're like subconsciously if you continue to do things that you promise yourself you won't do you're chipping away and chipping away and chipping away listen don't I am not perfect like I sometimes say that I'm going to do things like go for early morning runs or go for swims and I don't do them right but I'm not ruining my life by not doing them you know it's like okay I'll go for a walk at lunchtime instead you know I can I can have that balance and I can I can make sure I do something else but when I was drinking and try to hide all my behaviours and try to be... Every, another thing we drinkers, we have to try and be everything for everybody because we're so ashamed of how we've behaved, we spread ourselves thinly for everybody. And going back to my original point, we have nothing left for ourselves. There's no love, no care, no compassion. You know, I better do that because they probably think I'm a bad person or or I think I'm a bad person. So there's no confidence there. You can't have confidence if you're continually questioning what you're doing or what everybody else thinks about you doing. And... Um, in the beginning it is nervous so like you know all the first like going on a date or like I don't know having sex or you know going to a wedding like of course they're nervous they're nervous but you know for a reason because it's the first time you're doing
0: them but every one of them's much better without drink (laughs) I totally agree like it just it just improves so much and like like realizing that and Like, people are like, oh, being sober sounds boring. And it's like, see, until you give it up for a while, you can't even just explain how much better everything is. Because, you know, for so long, you just get taught that's what we do. You know, growing up in Ireland and Scotland, you said your dad's Irish, you know. We grew up, it was just what everybody did. I remember being in the pub and people were drinking as adults. We were running around as wings, you know, giving a bottle of Coke and a packet of crisps. Yeah. Um, and you couldn't wait to get older because you were like, that looks like good fun. And that's what everybody does to relax. And, you know, the, it's all you know, and you, you don't question it. And I think it's so refreshing now to see so many people, not just changing their lives and doing what you've done, but so many people just questioning it like that is what's so powerful not like i've noticed there's been a big shift like just a big big shift i truly believe there's going to be a massive movement in sobriety you can see it starting to happen um even just like you you know the people around you are getting really interested there's more companies starting it's just there is a big shift and people are starting to question hold on a minute why Are we doing this thing that doesn't actually make us feel very good and actually gives us really bad anxiety and is actually, you know, makes me feel really unwell? I used to pass out in the mornings when I was hungover. My body was just like, no, like I actually used to get up and faint and lie on the bathroom floor. My partner Mm -hmm. would have to like try and bring me around. And that was wasn't after, you know, like sometimes it was after massive drinking sessions, but I still drank it's insanity it's absolutely insane and it's just because we're convinced i was like oh no i'm i'm the problem <laughs> I'm like no no it's definitely the alcohol yeah it is and
1: it's you know it's highly addictive ethanol but that's a whole different story but you know and we're we're trying to fi- so it's like- you know, some people will say to me, oh my God, one week I had a bottle of wine I was fine. The next week I had three glasses of wine and I was absolutely a wow at it because it changes on how we are, how we're sleeping, how our hormone levels are. Um, if we're angry, if we're not, you know, like there's no way trying to control it. Like there's, you know, to try and go out there and be like, I'm, um, you know, I do have a friend that can have one glass of wine and leave it. She's like almost, she's like an enigma. She's like a unicorn. Um, But if you try and moderate, banana. it's so tough. Like it's a really, and you're right, it's not you, it's the alcohol and, we try and have that first and second taste of "Mm, I'm feeling so relaxed and we're chasing that we're chasing that but by the fourth fifth sixth drink we're we're steaming and then we're you know doing all the behaviors we don't want to do and I run a couple of groups and they're they're mixed age and that's what excites me and there's guys and there's people in, in their 50s who've stopped there's people in their 20s in my groups so it's not just like it's like a certain age or it's just women like, this is across the board this is happening. And I think more and more people are realising that I do the yoga. I think I did a post. I, I, in fact, I did do a post on this. You know, you can do yoga, breath work, cold water swimming, journaling, all the rest of it, Monday to Thursday. If you go out and get absolutely shit-faced at the weekend, it's knocking that, like, sideways and off. And more people are noticing that. They're like, actually, I'm not enjoying that. Like, I want to continue my, my fitness or my wellness. And that's great. That's great because... And I think that's probably a byproduct of social media, because I think people want to look good and want to feel good. So there's what all walks of life are starting to join this sober revolution, this sober community, whatever you want to call it. But for so many different reasons. So if you're somebody that's thinking I want to be sober, nobody knows why you want to be sober apart from you. You could be one of these people who just want to look better and feel better or and or it might be because like me you were in a state where you were worried that you were if you were still going to be alive the following year so you know it's up to you what people get to know but you could be any one of those people who's decided that actually fuck this I don't want to do something that brings nothing to my life
0: that is so so true like it, it's amazing seeing so many different types of people you know you don't have to be a certain type of person to go sober it can any single person, and you've probably got this, you know, people that you never would have thought messaging you about sobriety. And that still surprises me. And it's like, it's that thing of you never know who you're inspiring. A lot of people will be very, very quiet for a very long time and then kind of just slide in and be like, by the way, like uh, you've, you've made me think about yeah. this. And, you know, what you're doing online for, for people is absolutely incredible um you're helping so many people and you know I think a lot of people will get a lot from this chat as well and I feel like I could speak to you about this all day like I would love I would love to have you on the podcast again um and make it because there's so many other things that we would like we could dive into but you know you've covered so much today and I think this this chat's going to be really inspiring to so many people and you know Kirsty, I'll, I'll share all of Kirsty's links below as well um because you know if you want help giving up alcohol or you want to try it you know she's definitely the person to speak to thank you
1: i've really enjoyed, enjoyed our chat i'm sure we could talk forever which is um just what i'm like but i'm so passionate about this i am and if md does get in touch with me it's in complete confidence and sometimes people get in touch with me they want to tell me about a family member that's absolutely fine as well and I can put people in touch with not just working with me there's charities and there's um, other organizations across Scotland and across you know UK I can you know don't feel nervous to get in touch I'll be able to support you in some way whether it's
0: through myself or or through somebody else thank you so much Kirsty and like I said I'll have all of Kirsty's links below and I will see you in the next episode bye If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast and you'd like to contact me in any way, you can find me in all the socials. I am on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, at Dara And yeah, if you want to get in contact with me about being on the podcast or you have any questions at all, feel free to contact me. And thanks again for listening.